0: Hello and welcome to the Goonatool. Back again with you guys for another episode of our TGT podcast. What has been our weekly series, although we've been on a little bit of a hiatus of this podcast for a while, but is coming back with quite a bang uh, as we return to tradition of doing our mega members transfer deadline day show. If you remember back in, I think it was the summer on deadline day, we definitely did one. We definitely did one on January of 2021, uh, where we get as many members on one show as feasibly possible. It's a big technical challenge, um, but we try to achieve it. We're very close as well to hitting 30,000 subs. So if you haven't subbed already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Without further ado though, let's bring in my first round of guests. First of all, it's Jared. How you doing, mate? You good, well?
1: Doing good, good to see you again.
0: And likewise, fella. Yes, I say again because we were joining Danny earlier on today. Um, if you aren't already tuned in and watching A Burk at Wonderlands, they've been doing transfer shows all day. I mean, Danny doesn't have much better things to do, to be fair. So, uh, He's got <laughs> yeah, a good lineup over there. There, it should be a good, good day. He does indeed. Uh, it's a fantastic show that Danny's putting on. So do go and check that one out. Also joined by King. You right, mate?
2: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I was hoping I was gonna come here and have a breakdown about Isaac, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, full storms, full storms it is what that is. Uh, and finally, making up our trio, it's Chris. I do, you, mate. You well? Yeah, very well. Thank you.
3: Um, interesting day as ever.
0: Mm, Yes. Interesting is a word. I suppose it's interesting in regards to how little has happened, but uh, yeah, regarding ins, it's going to be inevitable, of course, what we end up talking about. Um, Jared, we start with you. I titled this show with the question that I'm going to ask everybody um, that's going to be coming on the show today. Whose fault is this?
1: Well, it's a tough one in that I'm not still 100% sure who handles the transfer business, whether that's um, Edu or Arteta or sort of those two, you know, in in partnership. But whoever it is, (laughs) there's definitely some fault to be laid. Uh, You know, the window's winding down. It doesn't look like anything's going to be done. And it's frustrating. You know, if, if we were sat 10th at this point, you know you're not getting relegated. You know you're not qualifying for Champions League and you choose to do nothing and just sort of wait till the summer. I don't love that, but it's an understandable position. When you're two points off a fourth with a game in hand, you're right in the thick of a top four fight. I just can't understand or find any logic behind the way they've handled this January. If it was Vlaovic or nothing, I, I don't even like that, but I could at least accept that. But when you go Vlaovic is a no and then get rid of players who, you know, may be useful when injuries hit or COVID comes through and Maitland Niles and chambers, it, it's just extra frustrating because I can't find any logical explanation for, for why that would be your, your optimum strategy for the month of January.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, King. Who, who do you blame for the lack of transfers this January?
2: Well, I blame uh, Edu and I blame uh, Arteta because they are the ones who've been told by the club that they are responsible for transfers in and transfers out and signing contracts. Uh, Garlic is more the guy who, when we've signed the contract, is going to negotiate personal deals, you know. So for me, uh, we have to put question to Arteta and Edu, and I think it puts unnecessary pressure on the team, and I don't think it's fair, it's not fair to Arteta himself, but it's not fair to the players, because if we get a two, three bad results in a row, it's all, everybody, you're going to see the media, you're going to see the fans, you're going to see the you know content creator, everybody's going to question, it's going to mm. be a negative vibe, and if you just scroll back one month, we were in such a high, you know, everybody was happy and, and satisfied with the project.
0: I think there is a, we saw in the summer, didn't we, there was an element of satisfaction from the fan base at the business that we did and it gave a little bit of hope that this would be different and that we'd be going into each January and, and summer window with renewed kind of vision and encouragement that we would move in the right direction with with transfers. but. There is an interesting discussion to be had about the reasons why this happened and whether or not the club made the right decision to maybe lean away from some of the signs that we could or, you know, have been made by other teams. But there is still an argument that there are plenty of players that have moved in this window that could have improved this side. Chris, I'm interested to get your thoughts, mate, and and tell us where you think the blame lies for yourself.
3: Okay, so I I seen this completely the other way around to you guys. Mm. Okay. So I so I so I am scoring this as a B minus in terms of um, what we've done this 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 window. I think look, we've got 17 games to go, right? As you rightly said, in December we were we were flying high with the with the players we've got. We had you know we had good momentum. We've had a bit of a difficult month, but we knew it was gonna happen with AFCON and anything like that. So for me, I, I think we've offloaded what is it over 12 million. Pounds a year's worth of players that were never going to play anyway. You know, Chambers has, when was the last time Chambers played? You know, he had a massive opportunity to play the other day at right back and we didn't play it, you know? So, so. mate, Niles, he wanted to go. How long can you keep a kid like that around? And on 48 grand a week, basic salary, is he worth it? The answer is no, because then Will Smith rose on less than that. So I think for me, I'm looking at this again going, this is a really good clear out. So for the last few windows, we've had this, oh, we've got too many players and our squad's rubbish and we haven't got this and we haven't got that, right? And I accept we've got a slightly smaller squad going into the next, uh, the next half of the season. But we've also, you know, we've, we've got like 17 games in 14 weeks. So we've got no other competitions. We've got plenty of time for recovery. We've got plenty of time for, for, um, for coaching. I accept there's a risk around certain people getting injured. And I think the you know, but if you look at a lot of our areas like the back, the you know, you look at the backs, we've got enough coverage there. Even if you had to move Tierney in to be a a, a centre back mm. or Tomiaksu in to be a centre back, so we've got coverage. The only place I have concerns about is obviously Lacazette and Lacazette's playing through that position. Um, but I think you know, unless you can get someone that's going to bring in better quality, and and why on earth would we pay 70 million quid for Isaac? That's his price when he's when he's good, right? And when he's proven, not when he's a kid. So for mm. me, I'm, I look at I don't I don't think we've done anything wrong. I think this is the path. This is this is a big clear out. This is the dead, you know, some of the deadwood out. Look, we've still got deadwood to go. We all want Cedric to leave, and we all want Jacker to leave. Oh, sorry, most of us want Jacker to leave, right? <laughs> um, but until you've got something better, right, you can't afford to let them go, you know. And so for me. I actually I'm really I think this is positive. We're not fighting for everything. We've got enough players. We've got enough time. Right. And and they're the right profile. So I I think we're going on the right direction.
0: Chris, unsurprisingly, you've completely divided the chat box, which is great. And, you know, I love these types of opinions because they do create discussion. And, Jared, it segues nicely kind of into the next part. And to be honest, Chris now sets up a a much better question than the one that I was going to ask you. And I want to get your kind of your thoughts on that because Chris does sit on a different side of the fence to a lot of supporters. Sees the positives in not rushing or not, you know, jumping the gun on certain transfers, and also the good work that's been done to move out ahead of a lot of surplus players. So how do you feel about that positive view of what we've done?
1: I don't, I don't have a problem with the positive view in that I think January was going to be a month that we looked to move out some of those players. My only concern is squad depth and being, you know, having 20 senior players potentially available. Uh, Maitland Niles, I think, was a little bit underused in his time here. Mari and Kalazinak obviously weren't playing at all, but a player like Chambers two games ago against Liverpool down to 10 men, he came in and and played a pretty integral role and and really added something to the team and put us in a spot where we were still in contention for the second leg that obviously didn't go our way. But I think there's still use in keeping a player like him around, or at least if you're going to move him on bringing someone in, and I'm not saying bringing in a star player. I didn't want Izak for, you know, the quoted price either. I think that's well beyond his current value, but It's just difficult having injuries hanging over you and the threat of a positive COVID test hanging over you. I mean, what if before this Wolves game, Lacazette and Party both test positive for COVID? Mm. There's going to be some real outrage that we've done nothing to sort of solidify the team and have a decent backup for either or both of those players when we've had ample time to do so.
0: Uh, King, I know that you've sat in a position where you've said at the start, you blame Edu, you blame Arteta. Um, Hearing what Chris has had to say on kind of the other side of things, Where is it do you think the differences are between where you sit on the transfer window and where Chris is at?
2: Okay, so for me, I look at the long-term picture. In the summer, we are going to sign a strike. That's 100%. Hmm
0: you say that (laughs) but who knows king who knows at this stage
2: okay it would make sense then to sign a striker again you would say that (laughs) so for me it's like instead of waiting until the summer why not sign the striker now he can help us push for top four then he will have a full summer where he can uh, you know, have a preseason, get to know the team better, and then continue to kick out. Uh, because we're going to need a striker. Uh, we know that uh, Eddie and Ketia, like I said, uh, to 99% leaving. We know the situation with Aubameyang. I don't think there's ever going to be a solution between him and the manager. So get the striker in now. Let's kick on for top four. And then mm-hmm. let's hope for the best. That's for me. That's how I look at it. You know, I'm very happy with the clear out. I do agree that we needed to shift a lot of these players out anyway, because you need to think about the, the harmony in the squad. You don't want players there hanging their head, not getting to play, you know, affecting the mood of the players who are playing. We've seen that before. We saw that last year when we couldn't shift away the players that I said I wanted to shift last summer, and we had to do it uh, after with Socrates, Ursula, and etc.
0: Yeah, I think that you raised the kind of the area of the points where I'm at and thinking of what an addition could have done to our chances of top four this season. Just before I come to you, Chris, I'm going to jump into the chat box because I feel like I've been ignorant of you guys so far, so I don't want to ignore you guys any longer. Um, Muneeb says uh, we should have got in a striker this January transfer window as we probably need another one in the summer. We lacked planning, only focusing on one player in Vlaovic, and no plan B is ridiculous. Um, Sam says if people are being disrespectful then this isn't the channel for you yeah unfortunately even though, and Chris to be fair I knew that your opinion would spark some division um, but if we're going to use comments like delusion in the chat box, I mean, again, <laughs> this isn't the channel for you, I'm afraid. If you disagree, that's absolutely fine. But if you can't word your disagreement in a respectful way, there are other places that you can go to do that. Um, some blokes, 75 million in a lump sum is probably not just simply not possible. Referencing the Isaac uh, release clause. Paul says, surely we have multiple targets for certain positions this window. How do we not even sign one player? Looks like terrible planning. Um uh, Dunkirk says, what about when we got in the summer uh, and we still need to sell Leno, Bellerin, Cedric, Elneny, Torreira, Maitland, Nile, Xhaka, Nelson, Abameyang before we buy? A lot of business still needs to be done. Now, Chris, I will come back to you on this because from my position... I see all the positives that you raise. I see all of the, the benefits of getting those players out, the saving of those wages. But I look at this season as a real opportunity that may have been missed to strengthen a side that could have achieved top four football with no distractions of domestic cups or other European competitions. And by not getting in that addition that could have strengthened the forward line, as you yourself admitted that we may seem a bit short in at the moment, we may have cost ourselves the, a, a great chance to get into top four. Okay, so a couple, couple,
3: couple of things. First off, mm. delusional. Yeah, of course I'm delusional. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I've been supporting this club since 1971. You know, come on, I, of course I'm delusional. Um, I, but but in, in terms of who, would you, you know, who really on the market, right, would have rocked up uh, and actually, you know, given us what you're asking for, right? So I, I had a quick scan on all the other, who's moved around the Premier League, et cetera. Right. I'm not a great. I mean, I'm not a great fan of believing that you can pull someone in from a different league and they will hit the ground running. I think we, you know, in the last ten years, there's two. There's only two um, experiences I think of that. One is Tommy Asu, who's landed, and and, um, and the one before that was Sanchez, right? Hmm. So it's pointless expecting to buy someone from Europe and expecting them to turn up and deliver right straight away. So. I, I get, you know, it would have been great to buy Blaovic, right? I completely agree with you. I think he was the right profile. I think he would have been brilliant. I don't even think we were ever in that conversation, right? We mm-hmm. were never talking to the agent. We were never talking to the player. You know, and 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 you know, the kid wants to go down his own road and, and you sort of gotta let him do that, right? So I don't so I don't think it's a case of that I didn't wouldn't want to have brought people in. I'm just mm-hmm. looking at people coming in and I'm going, well, you know, what you know, apart from Gumarayesh to Newcastle, the rest of them, do I really want them? Not really, right? They all panicky, if you ask me. And he's going to take time. So he's the only one that's come out of Europe into the UK um, mm. that um, I look and go, okay, maybe we missed it, right?
0: Right. Do you but not think them... uh, a Vout Veghorst, the uh, Dutch striker international, has moved for just, I think, £15 million pounds to Burnley, six foot five, regular goal scorer in the Bundesliga, do you think maybe he would have been as a, just a reinforcement to to Lacazette and a different style of characteristics in a forward? Could he not have offered maybe something? I only put it to you playing Devil's Advocate, of course. Yeah, yeah,
3: no, no. I, yeah. I, look, look, he could, right? I mean, the answer, the answer is, you know, he, you know, he could do an Andy Carroll-esque type activity. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> yeah. that's because that's what you're saying, right? Does that fit the team? Does that fit the way we want to play? You know what? I, I just think Edu, Edu I don't, I, I, don't think we should disrespect Edu and Arteta. Um. They know what that you may not agree with their plan, right? But you have to agree they have a plan, right? And if these players don't fit in their plan, right, then we're gonna, in two windows time. We're going to be saying, oh, why did we buy that person? Why when are we going to shift them out? Oh my god, we're paying them fifty grand a week to sit on the bench. So you know the lessons we've learned over the last six or seven years since Mister Wenger left, right? You know, and, and probably towards the end of his time as well. Mm. You know, is we actually need we have a plan and a strategy if we start messing around with that strategy just because it feels like we could get top four, right, then I don't think that's good business. And I don't think that's good long term planning. Now, I actually have said, because well, I, you know, as most of you know, I sit on the North Bank, right? Right. I have actually said on the North Bank to my mates, so I think we will get fourth or fifth this year. And I think mm. and I still think we will. And I think we will with this group of players
0: fair enough i mean we've got we got a few minutes left so i'm conscious of the time jared couple minute, two minute answer in response to that do you think there are any players that you've seen out there that could have done and given us a bit of a boost and maybe goes against that argument put forth by chris there Uh, the
1: the one that i've thought and and still today i kind of thought maybe a little bit of the contingency plan if none of our other deals went through was tyler adams uh, who plays in germany for red bull he's team usa team captain um he he kind of fits what we need a little bit. He's only 22, I think about to be 23, but mm-hmm. kind of like Saka, Odegaard, Tierney. He he's very mature and carries himself as a professional for someone of a younger age. And he's also a holding midfield player who can also fill in at right back. So I think he covers a lot of our potential needs um if we would have some players out. And he has a release clause that I I think is reported at the 30 32 million. Yeah, somewhere mm-hmm. in that range which It's not the case where you're getting a guy at a huge deal for a release clause. I think that's a pretty pretty fair price for him. But he's one that kind of fits the profile of what we've been looking for and fills a couple of areas where we'd have a potential need. So he was kind of the guy that I thought having a release clause may be the contingency plan for today if all the other potential plans or whatever they were planning didn't happen. Um, It's getting late enough now. I don't think that's going to happen either, but I thought he would be a, a good fit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. And lastly, rounding things off, King, same question to you: Is there anyone that you saw move that you felt would have done us uh, a great service during this window or the rest of the six months of the season?
2: Well, you know, I'm 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 a massive believer that uh, central midfield is the most important uh, position in the field for me because your midfielders are the one who's supposed to shield your defense and they're also the one who's supposed to create for your attacking players. So I'm a massive fan of uh, Bruno Guimaraes. Uh, I really wanted to see him at Arsenal. I do think that for his quality and the price, it would have been worth the risk, and I also think that you know we've seen players come to Arsenal, especially in January and kick it. Mm. We've seen Aubameyang himself; he did it. I remember Arshavin coming in January; he, he started very well. I think Sami Nestri first season, he was very good. I mean, we have seen different examples. I know it's hard. I know uh, we have, you know, a lot of people are still got PSD from Pepe, but but I do think that if we break it down and we look at the best players in the league. A lot of them come from foreign leagues and from from, uh, from other parts of the world. So for me, it's all about if we have scouted the striker we want to buy in the summer, my argument is let's buy him now instead. I I'm, I don't believe in now buying a player who isn't good enough. I want to mm. see a player who's good enough. So if we can get him in the summer, why not get him now? That's my only argument.
0: Fair enough, man. I think you've all raised some excellent points in this evening's show. It's great to see kind of like division and, and showing that you can have a reasonable discussion without getting each other's throats. Um, let's let's say thanks to everyone in the chat box uh, for joining in as well. We've got another three guests lined up to join us. Jared, thank you so much, mate, for coming on as always, fella.
1: Always a pleasure. King, Chris, it's been a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely. King, thanks for coming on so much, mate. Ah, oh, Thanks for having me on. It
2: was a pleasure to have both Jared, uh, Chris, and yourself on. Thank you.
0: Pleasures all oh, my mate. And finally, Chris, thank you for being brave and sitting there and putting across that point of view. Fantastic stuff. Thanks, pal. Thanks for having me. Lovely stuff, boys. You can check out the guys in the Discord server if you want to have a chat with them, join up as a member and get in there. It's fantastic discussions and they're all regular partakers in those. So uh, we'll see them very soon. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon lovely stuff a massive thank you to jared chris and king again let's bring in our next three guests first of all it's tom how you doing mate you good you well yeah i'm good thank you how are you You're very good i'm considering as good as it can be i suppose yeah. i was hoping for a little bit more activity but uh yeah it's uh it is what it is and we're going to get into that and a lot more we're also joined by moss how you doing moss you good Looking good. I'm good. I mean, positive. I'm loving the positivity. Surprising how things are right now. We'll get into some of the reasons as to why. Lovely stuff. Uh, also finally joined by Chris. He made his debut on our phone-in show the other day and he's back already. He must have enjoyed himself. How are you doing, Chris? It was a good, good? time.
4: I'm doing really well, Tom. Good to see you, mate.
0: What are you based in Australia right now? I am. So what time it's is five, it? Yeah, it's five thirty in the morning, lads. I've oh, been up all you night. Are committed, committed to watch to nothing. This. To watch nothing
4: happen. It's been, yeah, it's been horrible.
0: Lovely stuff. Uh, representing from the west to the east, we absolutely brilliant stuff. Um, chat box. If you haven't done so already, please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new. We're trying to get to thirty thousand subscribers on deadline day. Pulling off more deals. Than Arsenal is the plan. Let's go through the guys and get their thoughts on things. We're going to start with Tom. Tom, whose fault is it that we haven't brought anyone in this window? Um, it's it's hard to say because obviously we were really pushing for that
5: Vlahovic deal, and it Mm. it was one that you sort of could see there wasn't from the beginning. You never got the good signs that he was ever going to come here, and we it seems like we never really had a fallback off of that, and I'm not too sure why. Because it's a really difficult deal to get done. They must have known that. And we haven't got a plan B striker, mm. um, which, which isn't... Do. His Good name's it.
0: Eddie Nketiah, Tom. Do you not know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think we
5: should have sold Nketiah when we got that Newcastle bid in, because even as a backup, he's not going to do anything. He's not, he can't do much. BRF from our under-23s can't do much worse than him. So just mm. recoup any money, because we're losing him for free anyway. So I I think it it falls on Edu more than Arteta, because Arteta sort of says, I want this style of player, get him in, and then Edu's the one who sort of, I guess, goes out and and makes the deals happen. And if we can't get anybody in, that's really poor. you we had 31 days to get any sort of plus, you know, the months beforehand to get any deal prepped for Mm -hmm. the window. We must have known there are players available and, that you know, that are unsettled at their clubs.
0: So, in in one word, who are you pointing the finger at? Eddie uh, Moss. Uh, where are you sitting in regards to this? Who are you placing the blame at for for why we've not signed anyone this window?
6: Um, it's it's our own issue. I mean, we had to clear out a lot of bodies. I think this was like you and Harry. Many people are saying like, I think a lot of these loan outs and getting rid of some of the the extra players surplus the requirements that aren't playing was planned for a few months and i think the obama young thing just threw a monkey wrench in in uh arteta's plan a little bit and i think they're scrambling a bit and then when you <laughs> arsenal fbi was all over uh arteta being in uh, in denver there talking to stan mm-hmm. and then i mean he's pretty happy last night i was like just throw something in front they do of stan he's super pumped that ram's in the Super Bowl so let's just get something done but I, I yeah like many King and many people are saying uh it's hard to understand why it seems like we're all in on Vlajovic and just had no other loan plans no other you know here let's get one little center mid on a loan in and let's make a littler signing not huge money on a striker and get one in and then if Vlajovic works out well all for the best you know but but yeah, I think we were just all in on Vlaovic and had the bit of the blinders on. So, so I, would, I, would, is- I would say Edu, because he's got to organize do. all this.
0: And, and Chris, same final question to you, mate, in, in regards to, to who are you placing the blame towards for the lack of signings? If you think there is worthy of blame, who, who do you point the finger at?
4: There's definitely blame to be had, and I think it's going to fall on Edu, but the person who's going to struggle the most with it is Arteta. Yeah. Like, it's going to affect Arteta the most, because... I agree with like all the getting rid of all the dead wood and like freeing up like uh wages and stuff but we've taken away also by not bringing anyone in we've got no tactical flexibility whatsoever in the squad mm. and that's going to affect the final 17 games we've got coming in if someone gets injured we just have like to like replacement so people are constantly whinge about arteta not having a plan b mm. How can he have a plan B when he doesn't have anyone to bring off the bench that can offer anything different to the players that are sitting there? You bring off Lacazette, you're bringing on Enkedia. you're bringing on taking off Saka, you bring on Pepe, you're bringing off any of the midfielders. You've got to replace them with El Nene. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think we're going to struggle. I think we're going to struggle for these last seventeen games because teams can set up their team knowing what to expect from Arsenal. And you brought up uh, Weckhurst, the six foot six big Dutchman, I would have taken him. At least you can throw him up there for 10 mil, throw him up there at the end of the game. He does have it, he has, he's in the like 98th percentile for pressures. Yeah, he's not just a plan B striker. No, There's more to his not. game than that, yeah. And I'm actually like super keen to watch him play for Burnley. I hope he keeps them up and I hope it knocks Newcastle down mm. and all the money they've spent on uh, Gimeraj, you know, that uh, relegation clause gets activated and we can get him for a cut price maybe.
0: Yeah, look, there's there's two things that's keeping me, in, or three things that's keeping me interested this season. Arsenal, obviously, mm-hmm. um, what, and the other two are Burnley and Watford, and fingers crossed yes, they can on Newcastle. Down. Because seeing seeing Roy Hodgson coming at Watford, I think is a smart appointment. I'm hoping that that makes a difference. And Burnley getting in, uh, of course, with with. Their course, then obviously they signed Cornet in the summer. I was yeah. hoping they might be able to bring in Orsic as well, but I'm not sure if that it's deal that happened. Way. I don't think it did. No. Um, but that, fingers crossed, will be the difference. Um, Tom, to kind of move on to something that we've not discussed yet, even though we're 26 minutes into the show, and that is that Pierre-Emerick uh, looks to be going. And this like links into the, the striker debate, because we're letting Abamiang leave. We knew that he wasn't getting minutes, that he wasn't playing. There was a moment where it looked like it wasn't going to happen. That since has now changed in the last 15 minutes while we've been live with a medical report is now to be scheduled. So that deal is going to be going through from the looks of things. With, with him going and not a replacement being brought in, does that emphasise even further kind of how naive and ignorant the decision not to bring one in is?
5: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, you've ostracised him from the side in, what was it, November? Um, we played... We've played since then, and we've played really well, and we've scored quite a few goals. But it's not sustainable to rely on these young players over over the course of 38 games. You can't mm. do it. You've got to bring someone else in to, to find the goals. And I think Lacazette and Inquieti have a combined two non penalty goals, it open play all season. It, it's just not that's not sustainable. You can't you can't get top four with that. And we've got a real opportunity. I had a real opportunity to to push forward and and and. It create a gap between us and and Spurs and United because next season United will not be in the same position they are now. No chance, and Tottenham will be a lot better if Conte. You know, Conte seems to have got a few good few players in, in January in the last, yeah. the last day. So they're they they're going to improve. We can't we can't sit still because if we sit still, it's going backwards. Um, yeah, absolutely. We've got a really good young team. What we can't waste that their progress. We can't waste what we've got. We've made a real good step in the summer and this was a really good opportunity for us to, to kick on and, and, you know, push your summer plans to, to January. Just go out there and pay over the odds for a striker.
0: How do you view Arteta at the moment with regarding this? because I mean, there's a lot. Uh, Chris, who was on obviously in the previous group of guests, feels like you know that we've done some good work in regard regarding outs. Other people feel that this is all on Edu, and you said a second ago that you would mm. place the, the majority of the blame on Edu. Do you include Arteta in any of the blame? Or um, I, he
5: he he has to get some of it because he's a manager. That's just how it is, and he he must he always he'll get the final say on 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 the transfers. Apart from obviously the the guys upstairs, mm. but. I think it is firmly on Edu because he, he, Arteta will probably say, Look, I want a striker that can do X, Y, Z. Go out there and and find me some of my targets. You know, Arteta might have some that he likes himself, but we can't, you can't expect Arteta to do all the transfers himself. He's not, it's it's not him. Um, He's got to do it, give it to other people and delegate it. So I think it's on uh, Edu that we haven't, you know, pay over the odds for the striker you've got Isaac's release calls I know he may not be the answer but you've got to get somebody in the door you can't expect to finish in the Champions League with with Lacazette you can't play more than 60 minutes anymore mm. you can't do it
0: I, I'm really torn on this one because the thing is with the thing is we know so little about kind of who's responsible for what and who has what majority the roles. And when Mikel Arteta was promoted to manager, one of the things that we understood was that he would work a lot closer with Edu. In fact, they're considered on kind of the same level. Like Edu was no longer his boss when he was promoted to manager. They were effectively on the same kind of uh footing in regards to kind of hierarchy. So we know that Arteta was involved in the summer with deals, but Arteta's Involvement in negotiation is going to be convincing the player. That part of the negotiation is what Arteta is going to be involved in and the identification of targets, of course, as well. But it's going to be on Edu and Richard Garlick and the hierarchy above them who would release the funds to surely organise and get deals over the line. We know that Arteta was keen on on getting transfers in. He said at the start of the window that they wanted to do business, but this window is very, very complicated. And, and Moss, do you do you think there is an argument that absolves Arteta? Tom said there that he has to get some of the blame because he is the manager and he is involved in in some sense. But do you think there is any argument that absolves Arteta from blame in this scenario?
6: Yeah, like my thoughts was 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 you know that he's been busy with the COVID, everything going on, and mm. trying to patchwork the the team together for some of those matches, but. But, yeah, no, he, he's to blame a little bit. I mean, I, like all of us, we don't know the inner workings of how, you know, they're deciding on players to go for and whatnot. I mean, the guy you love, Bruno Guimaraes, is mm. going to Newcastle, and it's like, man, that's right in our wheelhouse, that amount of money. Like, were we so focused on Vlaivic, I guess, or are we just wrong that they weren't? I thought AD was interested in Bruno, but is it Arteta, you know, nixing that? Is it? You know, like, where's the blame go on some of these? Is Arteta being too, you know, too stubborn, too, too stuck up for some of these players that maybe Adu's trying to bring in and it's just not happening between the two? I don't know. I think they work pretty good together and and they did such a great job late summer there to get this done. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Not getting Bruno, uh, not having a plan B for just, you know, Aubameyang thing's been going on for a while. Like, have mm. a plan B of, if we're not getting Vlaovic. that we get someone in. I mean, top four is a massive get. Massive, you know, for our summer signings. And I think we'll be buying. And I think that's what the trip to USA was maybe about. Like what are we doing with the Obama Yang? How we get the this the salary off our <laughs> off our off our docket and and uh how are we dealing with this? And, you know, and then when he goes over there, you're thinking, man, there must be a big signing in the works. <laughs> and then I was super pumped about Isaac. I think a lot of us were. and and uh, But is that what you're thinking, too, Tom, is that if nothing happens, no Murata? I know lots of people don't like that. Yeah. If yeah. nothing happens, they're, <laughs> they're going to the hit the release clause or what?
0: No, very I don't. Classic. I don't think they will. Uh, as far as I'm, I'm aware and learned, kind of midway through the afternoon, is that Isaacs can expect there to be no movement, um, and it would be very, very unlikely. Arsenal would have to activate the release clause. He would have to have a medical in Spain. Um, they basically, what happens when you activate a release clause? It's not just like sending hey, an email. Or something. You have to go to the La Liga headquarters and have yeah. that money deposited at the La Liga. It's not. It's very, very yeah. complicated. So we we're trying to it, avoid that. Exactly. And I mean, with the amount of time left, it's very, very difficult um, to to kind of, you know, back back the idea of, of a move happening this late on. Um, Chris, in regards to your side of things with Arteta, because I know when I spoke to you on the Arsenal, um, on the phone-in show that we did, you're very, very supportive of the manager, uh, and you were kind of putting forth the argument about a new contract being offered, and you made some really good points during that call. Uh, when you see people trying to place blame on Arteta for this how would you respond to that
4: with the team in Dubai, isn't and he? he's he's training the players that he has that's like his job hmm. I know that he'll have some sort of input when it comes to like the transfers but at the moment his focus has to be on the team training them for these 18 days that they've got before in the next game hmm. but, and in introducing the players into to Arsenal legends such as Manuel Almunia. Did you see that today <laughs> I haven't oh, seen. what Lord. was that tell me oh, about that so i've, not I seen it. I've been so focused really? i
0: completely missed it yeah go on i don't know
4: who's in control of the arsenal like social media page but today they said look who's uh in training with the boys today manuel el Muna, the oh, worst wow. people we've had in 20 years and he's shaking hands with uh
0: with, like the
4: arsenal youngsters <laughs> like they brought him in as a legend it was ridiculous but um Look, Arteta's going to struggle with the team now. I I, I think this transfer window has, has been um, not just about Vlaovic putting all the eggs in that basket, but that it's been trying to get Pierre's contract off the books. Mm-hmm. That's 350K a week. And I think now that we might, we might have a chance of uh, activating Isaac's uh, release clause once we get him off the books. But I don't think we can do any real... You know, big moves in the transfer window at the moment, even though we've only got four hours left. But uh, until we get Pierre off, because it's such a burden for the club now since he's been ostracized from the squad. So uh, I still have hope that we might put in a late bid for Isaac, just do the release clause. I don't think it's a good move, but it's better than nothing, isn't Mm -hmm. it? isn't it? Yeah. I, I I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> and when it comes to Bruno Gimres, I would have loved him in Arsenal, but I don't think he's a good enough player to break the wage structure for. I think he's getting 200k yeah. at playing for Newcastle. I don't. He's unproven. You can't give it an unproven play because last right. time we did that, we got Pepe on the left wing.
0: I'm just going to All interrupt right. you, Chris, because we have some breaking news. Arsenal Go. have made a signing and... This is out of nowhere. Uh, don't get your hopes up. First of all, <laughs> oh. but, but Austin Trust Austin Trusty, uh, who is a Colorado Rapids defender, 23 year old, is set to join Arsenal in the summer um moss i'm gonna lean towards you and now you're under pressure uh i'm just going off the random assumption as someone who lives in north america and obviously uh it would be closer to the MLS than me do you know anything and feel free to completely lie <laughs> but do you know do you know of this guy i'm I'm just being you know ignorant here and just asking you do you know anything about austin trusty
6: the a, just a tiny bit the defender and uh yeah. He, I don't even remember him playing much. And I watch a lot of MLS hmm. and, uh, I was saying that too, that if, if you owns Colorado and we're desperate for mids, like I was like saying January one, there's a Canadian, Mark Anthony, Anthony, uh, Faye on, on Colorado, who could have done a job for us better than kids and, and some people. And he played yesterday versus us. He didn't play the greatest, but yeah, I don't know too much about Austin trustee, but, uh, uh, mm. i was thinking well yeah with with Kroenke's connection we can we can uh easily bring players from colorado i think even after the transfer deadline can't can we not
0: uh we can in some senses but it's very rare that it's it a happens it's, yeah. yeah it's a weird way anyway he's going to be joining in the summer so he's not joining now same as uh same as matt turner, turner.
6: Matt turner. yeah same as matt that's turner. a good deal on matt Turner He's gonna, yeah, I,
0: I hear a lot of good things. Uh, he has gotten so
6: good in, in two years. <laughs>
0: mm. Yeah, so that it's look, it's uh, obviously Cronky. As a lot of people in the chat box are pointing out, Cronky owns the Colorado Rapids, so yeah. there is a very simple way through this. We've had players trial. Um, uh, come over and, and be on trial from you, uh, yeah. from the States a, a number of times. Uh, so it's, it doesn't... Cole Bassett, I think, is someone that I remember coming over and, and, and getting a trial from the Rapids previously as well. And look, he it's not a deal that inspires, but Tom, what I'm going to ask you is that this is a 23-year-old defender, right? We've got a certain 20-year-old centre, and he's a centre-back for just that kind of... So you can see where I'm probably going with this. William Saliba returns in the summer and this is a centre-back signing of a 23-year-old. Yes, it's depth. Yes, I understand that, you know, it's it's done with the idea of him being competition and Marie will probably leave and um, we know that we've got rid of Callum Chambers as well. But we've got Omar Rekic coming through and Rob Holding at the moment is still here. Do you think this has any bearing on William Saliba's future? Um, it could
5: do. I mean, it, to me, that sort of more says that Holding's off in the summer than anything towards Saliba because you'd rather keep yeah, I've only heard that Saliba is happy to to come back, and that Arsenal really want to get him back in and integrate with the side. I, it would seem really stupid to 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 throw him away. Um, with like Rekic as well, I, I would have you know he he could do with a loan next season rather than integrate into the first team. And four top said, well, I don't know anything about uh the new the guy we mm. brought in, but if we have you know four good centre backs, that that's only a good thing, and maybe that indicates you want to move to like
0: a three at the back or something. Ooh, or that's that... an interesting shout. Oh, no, I know. I don't does think it? it's. I, I don't does, know. Saliba's don't... played in a back three. Ben White's played in a back three. Like
5: because we. That's what I mean. We we we've we've loaned Saliba out to play in a back three. We've we've signed Ben White. He played in a back three, and then we're sticking him in in back fours where they might not be as, as comfortable. I don't know. I I I. I I don't, I don't think it will have any effects. Surely mm. not. They, surely they wouldn't replace... Uh, We've not. used
0: that word surely so many Ugh. times. Surely is the word. Um, we have reached the end of this section. Um, I'd just like to take us second to thank my fantastic guests again in chat box. If you could show them some love. And we're going to be moving on swiftly to the final part of today's show. Tom, thank you so much, mate. As always, absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you very much, Tom. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Moss, great to have you back on the show again, mate. Thank you for coming.
6: Loving it, yes. Thank you, Tom, yes. very wa- much. It was a pleasure. I wonder
0: if Moss wants Jonathan Downey to sign Canada. this summer. <laughs> Man, did he oh. play
6: good, David, yesterday? Yeah, mm,
0: no, I heard. I've heard uh, very much so. He's getting, not scoring, but getting uh, a lot of the other players to score past Matt turn. That's it. <laughs> yeah, got yeah. the assist indeed. Chris, uh, as well, thank you so much, mate. Absolute pleasure speaking to you. No, cheers, Tom. Lovely stuff. Thank you, guys. See you very, very yeah, soon. A massive thank you once again to Chris Moss and Tom uh, for helping out with the second instalment of today's show. We're going to move swiftly on to the third to bring in our final guest of today. First of all, it's Vinny, sporting some brilliant glasses and a brand new headset. You all right, mate? Yeah,
7: I've come on as Chris. I've got some hair as well. I'm going to keep, <laughs> I'm gonna keep uh, positivity going.
0: <laughs> brilliant stuff. How are you doing, mate? You good?
7: Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Yeah,
8: really well,
0: man. Good stuff. I'm also joined by Ludwig.
8: You are, a fella? Yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm. Um, uh, I'm okay. Let me let me go with okay. <laughs> I'm. I'm in between. Yeah, I'm still thinking about that's, it. That's a
0: good. That's a good representation. We're, yeah, we're up and down. Yeah, uh, and making up our quad. Uh, our quadrate, That's not a word. Our quartet is the word that I want to use. Uh, is Dan? You're right, mate. See, I've lost the will to speak, Dan. At this point, I can't even talk.
9: <laughs> it's all right. No, I'm good, thank you. I've just seen Sky have also announced that bamiang has gone on a free, pretty much. So
0: okay, okay. It's so. A- uh, I love that both you and Vinny were just like directing me in the chat. Look at this tweet. Look at yeah. that. I'm trying to run a show and I'm going on Twitter and stuff. I'm trying to work stuff well, out. But we no, signed someone. It. We sold someone during this. So it's, we it's have, a family. We have. I, mean, I suppose let's, that's a good place to start. I, I will ask you kind of where you place blame on this window in just a second. But I, we have signed someone. So it would be a miss if we didn't uh, get your thoughts. Vinny. Uh, Austin Trusty is his name, 23-year-old, Colorado Rapids, Stan Kroenke, own side, centre-back. How do you feel about this mega acquisition? (laughs) Well, I
7: I see him. He's he's either going to come in and replace Holden for next year for when Saliba comes into the squad and he's going to be the understudy player who sits below them. Or, similar to what uh, I think it was Tom was saying in the last one, my name I'll get my names mixed up he was in the top right hand corner replacing me um in in the yeah, last Tom, yeah <laughs> yeah Tom, it was Tom yeah in, in in the last one was saying that we might go to a back five and then you've got a junior center back who can potentially come into the role if if, if we need it and we we have sufficient injuries but it's I don't know anything about him so it's hard to judge mm. but it's good to see we're bringing in someone in for the future
0: Yeah, that's a nice positive spin on it, mate, to be fair. Uh, Ludwig, are you excited beyond measure uh, about our news acquisition? I I think he's going to
8: be the player that turns our season around for next season. I think he's going to be the key (laughs) in the (laughs) centre-back position. No, I don't know the guy at all, so I can't really have a... I think he's just someone for the future, just someone for a little bit of depth. Uh, I don't think he'll do anything for the place of william saliba i think saliba will just come back i don't think we'll move to a back five i don't i think we're doing good with a back four i think it's just something for the future just i think holding is gonna go i think it's about time get just a bit extra money from him to hopefully strengthen our squad in the summer
0: and lastly dan just some quick thoughts on uh, on trusty are you um, trusting well, the process? Is right? I am.
4: I am.
9: Um, Arsenal have actually announced um, the signing. And with that, they said that his aim is to go on, back on loan next season as well.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So, so not... we're signing a player and we're not keeping it.
9: <laughs> and he's already 23. By the time he'll actually finish that loan, he might be 25. So I, I'm a bit confused with the signing. Although I don't know anything about him. So yeah, I'd love yeah. a tactical breakdown tomorrow morning. But
0: yeah. Oh, you're, you're demanding it pretty quick. <laughs> I'll tell you, tomorrow is not going to happen, but uh, I will endeavour to get any info on him, of course. Um, yeah, just having a quick look at Arsenal's announcement of the player. Um, USA under-20 international. How can he be under-20 international? Oh, I suppose he used to play in the other time. I was thinking he can't be now. He's 23. Uh, will stay with the Colorado Rapids until the, at least the end of the Premier League season in May. The intention then is to loan him in Europe uh, for the 2022-23 season to further progress his development now obviously whilst the MLS is a league that is always improving and getting better the development of the young players over there is, is always getting better and we're seeing plenty to move Perhaps the club is looking at this saying he's not quite ready yet and we want to you know, give him that next step. But they have identified him clearly through their scouting and metrics and analysis to, to be someone that's going to help us in the future. Anyway, that probably answers the question about Saliba as well. It won't affect him and in the summer. So that's a, a nice controversy that we don't have to worry about. Um, Vinny, uh, let's get back to kind of the, the main uh, bulk of the questioning. Who's at fault for Arsenal not signing anyone this window? Just
7: quickly on the centre back but Hmm. being 23 is still quite young for a centre back it's a position which you grow it with maturity and you become better when you hit the ages of 25 26 because it's a position about reading the game and it's it's one where you need to be physically at your strongest as well so I think it's a position you have to come in your prime but in terms of who to blame I'm I'm still optimistic that we're going to sign a striker before the end of the window now that Abamyang um, is going off to Barcelona, and I and I think it was oh
0: just another bit of breaking news. Uh, apparently, uh, I just want to make sure this is right uh, and that someone's not made a tweet that's not real. I just want to check this. Sorry, guys. No, Charles Watts reports. I'm told Abamyang will join Barcelona on a free transfer. Not alone. This will be a permanent move. So. I mean, you were talking about Abameyang there, so it was timed quite nicely, Vinny. Thoughts on that? I'll
7: tell you, I, I love Abameyang for everything he's done for the club. I think he was a brilliant servant for us for the first couple of years, us banging away the goals. But I'm disappointed in how he's acted in the last year. When, when the going gets tough, Abameyang doesn't have the cojones to step up to the plate. And I think he failed as a captain. Uh, when we were playing poor Hyden, um, and I just think it's one of them things you put the best player as the captain, but he's not a natural leader. He, yes, he's a cool dude, um, but he's he's not a natural leader. But I think it's it's good that we're getting him off the wage bill because the amount of money that we'd be paying him is massive, and I don't think he's adding value in the squad at the moment in, in terms of looking at the shape of the squad striker is the one position that i am worried about i do think we need to get someone in because lacazette and eddie isn't good enough i, I would like to see martinelli given a try there mm. but the rest of the squad i'm not too worried center mid i know dan cover your ears and ludwig cover, cover your ears but I, I think with party Xhaka. um Elneny and Lekonga playing once a week, I think we've got enough cover. And when Party and Xhaka are playing together, they are brilliant apart from when Xhaka does a stupid and gets himself <laughs> sent off. But 95% of the games, he is a brilliant player who dictates our passing and the way in which we play. And I think we went after Duslan and, and we went after him heavy and it didn't pay off. But the other purchases seem a lot more difficult. The thing is with Duslan, is that you could have said, look, we're going to pay you this much this year, this much next year and this much the year after. It's a lot more difficult to stump that money up when you're paying release clauses for players like Isaac or the crews at Espanyol when they want 75 million there and then on the spot. And I think we've had to I don't I think the money we've got in this window is limited. And we've needed to set it aside for a striker, and hopefully they can pull that off in the last hours of the window.
0: Mm, yeah, it's I'm st- I'm really just reading back at some of these the, the comments and stuff. Like um, I know that a, I know that a Yang, um did some really good things for this club. I know that he did, but look, I find it so odd how vehemently people defend players that have like have had these disciplinary breaches that have. It- it's, you know. it's,
7: it's the Arteta out brigade, mate. It's it's well,
0: it's, no, it's all... I, I, I know a lot of people that are Arteta out, Vinny. That you know, are, it's not it's not all of them. But I understand where you're coming from. I know that it, there is a, a portion of, of people that want Arteta out. That if there is a player like a Gendouzi or a Saliba or a an Abameyang that the that the manager has come into odds with and has then exiled them from the team, obviously it makes sense to jump on, you know, the, the side of those players. And I find, I, I find that as silly as I know you're about to make out. But it's just, I just find it really strange that people put the bad behaviours of a player above the club that they support. It's it's really str- Ludwig, let me bring you in on this, mate. What, what do you think about this?
8: I I find it extremely strange. Like, yes, Oba was a great player for us. I mean when we were when we basically had no team, he was the only person carrying us. But sometimes you have to take off the roast tinted goggles and you have to realize he's just not that player right now. Whether it is because of Arteta, whether it is because of personal reasons, whether he's just got the payout and now he doesn't care anymore. I don't know, but eventually we just have to decide. Look, I wasn't extremely happy when he signed him on the new contract. I didn't think it was a great idea because it's a lot of money for an aging player and it usually doesn't work out for Arsenal. So, I don't know. I'm, I love Oba, but sometimes we just have to accept that the best is over and mm. it's time to move on. Like Even letting, me, letting him go in a free is a bit... It feels bad because he was one of our best players and he still has, what, a year and a half on his contract. And it's a big contract. So just letting him go feels strange. But I I feel it's worth it. And I, I think we have to wait to see what's going to happen in the summer. I mean, we can... Ateta and Edu, they didn't miss the previous summer window and the players they did not sign turned out to be well, it's good that we didn't sign him like Emerson is not working out well. Mm. Maybe they saw something in Gimaraj that they did not like, or maybe, I don't know, maybe they have a bigger plan for the summer. If summer comes around and it doesn't look like they have a plan, then I think, then then I can start saying, yes, this was extremely bad for us. But if they have a plan and works out well in the summer, then... Maybe there's hope if they if they bring in a Tielemans, if they bring in a two strikers if they get them on a good price, then yeah, then I'll be happy. But if they don't do that in the summer, if it's the same thing in the summer, then mm. yeah, because the uh, thing also for Isaac I guess, short. do we want the second choice? Do we want our second choice for seventy mil? And well, then he's it our turns choice, out to be this,
0: Because we lost the first Yeah, finish. yeah. Yes, yeah. Gone. <laughs> yeah,
8: but <laughs> that makes him our second choice. But
0: well, that was the first though. <laughs> the yeah. Because our original first one's gone. So you'd say if, if he's the number one choice, which we're led to believe by a number of reports that suggest that Arsenal love Izak as much as they love Vlaovic. I'm not a hundred percent on board with that idea. I'm not sure they are as sold on Izak as they were Vlaovic. Otherwise, yeah, I don't he would believe that. Release clause. I yeah. think they've got multiple targets and they're just a little bit cautious about paying over the odds now when they can get a better idea of the lay of the land for other options in that position in the summer. It just, for me, is a shame that we didn't go out and bring in that second striker. That, To be honest, I think most of us can recognise we so clearly need that second yeah.
8: option. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. But, like, the other thing is also we bring in Izak for 75 mil and then suddenly he turns out, I love Pepe, but his career hasn't been the most successful at Arsenal and if it turns out to be the same thing the fans are just going to bandwagon on him again so the fans will never be happy unless everything goes perfect everything goes perfect so yeah it's a difficult it's difficult it's
0: difficult indeed dan um edu has just managed to get uh th- 350000 pounds per week off the wage bill um, it's not a rhetoric I don't think you're going to see because a lot of people are very angry at Edu, of course, for how we've acted in the window. But it's not a loan where we're paying a subsidiary. It is understood that Arsenal are not putting a euro, according to Fabrizio Romano, a single euro into this deal um, at all. And he is going to leave on a free and it will just be done with. Is that worthy of, of praise? Is that, you know, is Edu getting credit for this? And, and if so, how much does that, I don't want to use the word justify what's missing, but, you know, how far does this go to saying, you know, fair play to the guy for doing that?
9: I think he should get credit for this because we saw Ozil sit there for ages, kind of just running down his contract. We've kind of seen the same with Aubameyang the last few months. So to get him off this January, like in the first window that comes around when, yeah, he's in this kind of situation where he's missed, late to training, late to games, late to North London derby. To get him off straight away, I think Edu does deserve a lot of praise. Um, To take 350k a week, the amount of money that we're saving, surely you think with this money, we might be able to do something with it. And this is where I think, actually, um, I think they have a first choice and maybe it was Vlahovic but it seemed like he really wanted to go to Ube. Maybe we've got, a second choice so who's now our first choice who we can't get right now we could get is I'm sure they probably could just go for the release scores but why pay that much for someone who's going to be our striker for the next seven eight years when it's not the first choice that we want so I feel like maybe wait till the summer so we know really exactly what we want do it then um, and I think we've got a good enough team to be honest to
0: get top four anyway. Uh, James Ben just to confirm Arsenal sources indicate this is not reflected of any breakthrough on potential incomings they are willing to let Aubameyang go without replacing him so if you were encouraged that this may lead to a possible late turnaround sorry (laughs) that's Uh, not going to
9: happen I think Lacazette is good enough because we we saw in December is he
0: Dan um, is he really good enough I
9: think we we saw in before our January was dreadful, but in December and November, I thought Lacazette was really good. And when we had that Xhaka and Partey pivot, all the goals were coming from Odegaard, Saka, Smith-Rowe, Martinelli chipped in. All the goals were coming there. And Lacazette was doing really well. We saw him tracking back and we were actually playing brilliant attacking football. And then as soon as Xhaka got his red card, his suspension, and and Partey went off to AFCON, Mm. and we kind of went to this three at the, three in midfield of Lekonga as a single pivot, that's when we started to play badly. And Lacazette started to kind of drop in form. So I'm I'm hoping that with Jacqueline Partey back, going back to this 4-2-3-1 will actually help us score more goals. And I think Smith-Rowe, uh, essentially Saka Smith-Rowe and Martinelli-Odegaard will get the goals again. Mm. And whilst maybe having a better strike than Lacazette would mean we could then switch to a 4-3-3 mid game and, our striker could be clinical. Lacazette isn't that person. But what he is good at is linking with everyone else. So our essentially our plan A with this 3 one is actually quite good.
0: Fair enough. I think it's gonna be intriguing how things line up, um, with everyone back, how much game time Pepe gets, how much game time we, we rotate, and if we kind of have a, a set lineup for the rest of the season, basically. Um dependent on fitness and stuff like that Uh, we're going to finish with this comment from Lone Star Londoner who says this is the worst window in history in the entire history of the Arsenal Football Club Um, which is where I'm going to lead to the final question which is a very short one because we are running out of time Uh, Vinny out of 10 how do you rate this window mate 6 or 7
7: at the moment based on we've got rid of a lot of dead wood Ooh, that is and, gonna be a and,
0: catalyst and, i love it
7: and, 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 I, and I think similar <laughs> to what chris said i don't want to see us sign in rubbish players like dan ears again cedric Mary, William, who we, we bring in trying to plug like gaps trying to plug gaps and not doing a job and us having to sell them i don't want to see us spend 25 million on a striker who's not good enough and we're going to have to clear off the books and we're just stuck with these very average players again um so for me i yes i'm annoyed that we don't have a striker and i'm hoping that we do bring one in towards the end of the window splashing an extra 20 million if you think that striker is the man to take us forward, I think is worth the risk because that can potentially get you Europe and you write off that overpayment through doing that. Um, but let's see, but I'm happy with the players we've got off the books. I'm happy that we've got over off the books because I think it would have brought problems into the team, keeping him on. And I hope that we can pull something out of the bag and bring someone in before the end of the window.
0: Ludwig out of 10
8: uh i would say six just because we, we've oh, I'm, done i'm some... genuinely,
0: i'm shocked by this Go on, keep going.
8: <laughs> just just because we've done something this window that we haven't been able to done for the past four windows i think is and we got That's a lot of dead <laughs> <laughs> we did it's just not coming right now yeah, no yeah, but yeah. just you. just getting a lot of the the dead weights off of the books just all these extra players that's never going to play, that's just filling up the wages. I'm just glad they're finally off the books and they're done stinking up the dressing room. So I'm happy with that. I would be ecstatic if we get a strike in. I would like to get Isaac in, but if they don't believe, for now, I'll trust them. For now, they they were right with a few other players. I really wanted Emerson I really wanted Buendia and they proved me that I'm wrong. So I let. I'm just hoping. I'm hoping. I'll see what they do this summer. Then I'll say yes or no, if it was and, good or bad.
9: <laughs>
0: Fair enough. And Dan, out of ten,
9: I'm actually gonna give it a seven. I think we we've loaned we've loaned back a lot of play. I know you 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 want to give us a one. Mine's like we, no.
0: Mine's a three. I, I'm just gonna put it out there. I have three out of ten. There's,
9: mine's a seven. We we've loaned back a lot of players. And I think our loan team kind of situation is be, uh, has kind of been better. We've loaned out players to hopefully the right clubs now. Um, trying to trying to make this sound good. Essentially, we've done <laughs> everything.
0: Even positive Jared's like, seven!
9: <laughs> I, I think we've done everything we needed to do in terms of offloading the players that maybe don't need to play. The only thing, which is maybe a reason why it's not any more than seven, the only thing we haven't done is sign anyone <laughs> And yet, it's a seven. Like, like that. I just because oh. I, I think our team is good enough for top four. Now, like Vinny said, I don't just want to splash. If Lacazette gets injured, million, Dan,
0: it's Nketiah but, to the end of the season.
9: But you could say that same with with Saka. If Saka gets injured, we've got Pepe. Pepe. And I, yeah, but I think,
0: Pepe, I, Pepe, and Ketti. I'm sorry, there's a big difference. Mm, sure, come
9: I don't know, but you say the same with Gabriel. You say the same with Tierney. I I think all the kind of backups are like an Nketiah. I I don't think. I think you could say, say the same of every position, but well, maybe that's just me. Fair enough.
0: No, fair enough. Look, as I say, as I always say, everyone is entitled to their view if you can explain it. And all you three boys did explain your points of view. I disagree. I would go over three myself. I I, I respect what we've done with the outgoings, but this was a huge opportunity to strengthen the team and and to get top four. And I just think we've missed that. And I think that's huge. I I am out of time, Dan, unfortunately. I know know we want to continue, but I've got to jump on the Arsenal lounge and I'm already keeping them waiting. Um, Vinny, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time. No,
7: thank you very much for having me on. And fingers crossed we get someone in Body under the window. Yeah. If true. not, I think Martinelli can do a job there. I know we'll you don't agree. Oh
0: well, I, I like him on can. the wing, but it may it may come to that, mate. It may come to that. Martinelli Smith Rowe, Odegaard and Saka as a front four, it may end up being that. Ludwig, thank you so much, Matt, as always
8: yeah oh, it's a pleasure. It was very fun being here, talking with the two people I probably argue with the most on the Discord. But
0: <laughs> are you agreed with them?
8: <laughs> <laughs> I there agreed with them. So no, it's fun. I'm nice. gonna go sleep because I have work tomorrow, and then I'll just hope I wake up to good news.
0: Fingers crossed, Dan. Always a pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah,
8: time. looking forward to seeing your next show, and also
9: looking forward to seeing xhaka as a false nine.
0: Oh. I mean, you were talking about depth in the team. If you want to talk about depth, it's right there. Target, (laughs) man. Lovely stuff. Thank you, boys. I will see you again soon. See you later. Cheers, lads. Massive thank you to Ludwig Dan and Lee, uh, Lee <laughs> Vinny for the rounding off the list. Oh, I had Lee in my head for um, I'm going to now go and jump onto the Arsenal Lounge. So do come and join us over there. I'll tell you what, TGT gang, I need your support on the Arsenal Lounge. People go in, in the chat box on me. So I could really do with the TGT heroes in the chat box over on the Arsenal Lounge. It'll be live on Moheda's channel as well. So do come and join us um but other than that it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you i'll be back live here at 10 p.m uk time to break down if anything crazy has happened in the final moments of the window but i'll see you over on the arsenal lounge in just a very quick second see you soon have a fantastic evening try and keep your hopes up and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute